Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. That is right, my friends. You are listening here to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. I am your host, Todd Huff. You can email me your thoughts, questions, as always, adoration and praise as well. We'll be ex- uh, accepted at that email, Todd at ToddHuffShow.com. I want to get to what's happening here with... Uh, Liz Cheney and Republican leadership and her speech from the House floor last night talk about um, a little bit here about the uh, insurrection. Oh, boy, we're going to venture into um, an area that's probably going to get me tagged, flagged. Whatever, deplatformed, I don't know. We're going to ask questions. All we're doing is asking questions here today. But I want to start I want to start really quickly, just brief briefly mention this. Headline Fox News, CDC could ease coronavirus indoor mask guidance. And that's according to Dr. Fauci. Dr. Fauci um, is out there saying that um, he told George Stephanopoulos, ABC's George Stephanopoulos, that um, as you see more people getting vaccinated, the number of cases per day will, talking about COVID, of course, go down, absolutely go down. We're averaging about 43,000 a day. We've got to get it much, much lower than that. When it gets lower, the risk of any infection indoor or outdoor diminishes dramatically, saying, adding to that, um, that he thinks the CDC um, will be almost in real time, George, he says here, updating the recommendat- uh, recommendations and guidelines. We need to be, he says, we need to start being more liberal as we get more people vaccinated. So I guess he's in disagreement with the CDC. I guess. He's saying the CDC's rulings or their guidance, I should say, are too harsh. I guess he needs to be silenced. I guess we need to make sure that Twitter knows this, that he is not speaking in unison with the CDC. He's saying that the the restrictions need to be eased, and people who say those sorts of things get punished by social media outlets. So... I guess I'm looking forward to seeing Fauci. <laughs> Can you imagine this? Can you imagine Twitter saying we got we to gotta censor Dr. Fauci because he's not in agreement with the CDC? Do you think, the, do you think there'll be a disclaimer if, if somebody posts something Fauci says, a little, little uh, apostrophe or whatever it is that they put there, a little warning sign? Click here for more information about official guidance from the CDC and why wearing masks while outdoors 
taking your kids to summer camps, why these things are necessary for your health, social distancing, even when vaccinated, with a mask, double mask, maybe a pair of goggles, as Fauci once uh, once told us and believed. Anyway, I'm interested to see, interested, uh, interested to see the consequences Dr. Fauci has for doing this. Of course, there will not be any because, well, it's just the way that it works. So now let's look at this situation with Liz Cheney. Liz Cheney, a representative, member of the House of Representatives from the state of Wyoming. She is the third in uh, in the House leadership. She's third. It goes McCarthy, it goes Steve Scalise, and then it goes Liz Cheney. And Republicans today are going to be voting to potentially, it looks as though she's going to be replaced by Representative Stefanik out of New York. And this, of course, is being framed as this, oh, who's going to be running the Republican Party? We're now in a phase of this, I don't know, this the the evolution of the Republican Party post President Trump. What's going to happen? Where does this where does the party go? And for the most part, and it's because the voters, the voters are, of course, in this. Um, well, the voters are still largely pro Trump. Not all of them, of course, but a huge faction of the Republican Party is still pro Trump. And we're in May of 2021. President Trump has been out of office now for, what is it, February, March, April, four months, almost four months. And President Trump is still the de facto leader of the Republican Party. And there are consequences to pay when someone um, is trying to take the party, not, not even just in a direction that Trump doesn't want it to go, when they decide to combat him, to fight him to attack him that usually has not been ending well for Republicans. And so Liz Cheney has been battling and fighting uh, President Trump. She's, you know, one of these individuals, these um, never-Trumper types. And I look, I have no problem with people having issues with some of the things about Trump. Um, but... Again, there are there's a difference between having differences of opinions and styles and not liking tweets or whatever it might be, and actually realizing that there was a lot of good that came from someone who's a Republican and the president, as Donald Trump, of course, was, who wasn't afraid and acting out of fear. Or, you know, um, moving us further, further towards, I don't know, liberal policies and ideas. We've we've had that before. We've had, we've had liberalism come through Republicans as well. This is not any earth-shattering news. And I'm not defending everything President Trump did, but I think his his positions were were largely in line with conservatism. With conservative principles, I'll still, I'll probably never forget that the Heritage Foundation, in his after Trump's first year in office, 
said that he was the most conservative president. That was the most conservative president ever, even beating out, um, at least in modern times. I don't know how far back they look, but comparing him even to Reagan, they rated it as a more, uh, his term is more conservative. And I think some people maybe were a little confused on on this. Um, Trump is not a principled conservative. I would say Trump ends up being more of a common sense conservative, meaning he doesn't look at it through the lens of political ideology. He looks at it through the lens of what really makes sense. And in and, and, and a lot of ways, the way that he would operate his his businesses, you know, how do I what makes the most sense here? And of course, he had some good, um, some good advisors. Of course, we also had those folks who were part of the resistance embedded and hidden in the White House, which leads me to kind of another part. I'm just going to mention this now, but there was a letter written and I guess signed, written by and signed by over 100 former Republicans. I should say they will sign. They will sign a letter on Thursday. I mean, will sign. Why don't they sign it already? But anyway, they, they've written this letter, headlined "A Call for American Renewal," and basically they're saying that the Republican Party needs to be run by the never, uh, the never Trumpers, in in essence. And so they're speaking out because of all that's going on here. Right, they're on the side of basically of Liz Cheney. Uh, most Republicans are on the side of Donald Trump, and so now Liz Cheney's position in leadership is in jeopardy because, and this is important too. It's not just because she doesn't see eye to eye with President Trump. It's because she's in a position of leadership, and the party needs to get it together. And look, I am not, I'm not, I am not a, I don't consider myself a Republican. I I don't, I typically vote for Republicans over, I mean, I, I don't even know if I've, maybe for local things I voted, maybe I'd have to really, I'm not certain, maybe I voted for a Democrat for something, but on state and local or state and national levels, there's no way that, that that party is so far left, so far left. Now, the rank and file, the members of the Democrat, well, the, the voters in the Democrat Party, they're not necessarily radical leftists. In fact, many of them are not. As I've said before, many of these folks are single-issue voters or they have been uh, duped by some of the rhetoric, by some of the narratives about the Republican Party or the Democrat Party, the, the favor, their favor of the Democrat Party is really the result of being manipulated and misled by media or by the leadership in the Democrat Party saying things that they really don't mean or phrasing things in a way that appeals to them, but there's really no there there. There's a lot of folks who are just who misunder, misunderstand uh, what conservatism is. They b- believe the media's narrative, the Democrats' narrative as to what that means and so forth. And so, but as far as the, the elected leadership, the, the elected leadership, outside of some examples, and there probably are some examples 
Again, I don't know why some of these folks are still Democrats, but there's local officials, local folks who have conservative values. In some cases, depending upon the place that you live, but there's some Democrats who are um, who, who have who are reasonable people. I mean, I'm talking about elected officials and on the local level, but on the on the national state the stage, I just it doesn't it doesn't exist. And you look at the people they elect. And you, even if say Connor Lamb from from Pennsylvania, who was painted as this this moderate, look at who they select to be their leadership. Look at how they vote on key issues. Look at how they grovel and beg sometimes to break with the Democrat Party when it comes to important votes on issues that their constituents do not want to see them supporting. Um, I think of Joe Donnelly here in the state of Indiana. When he had to beg Chuck Schumer to be able to vote in favor um, of uh, Kavanaugh, I believe, or it may have been Gorsuch, it may have been both. But they have to beg for this approval. They have to toe the party line. There are consequences to be uh, to be had when you have radicals running running your party. And likewise, in a different manner, there are when you're part of the Republican Party too, there are expectations, and right now it is it is about optics. I mean, Liz Cheney, first of all, is, is female. I cannot imagine um, that this position would go to anyone who's not a female. That they've not taken the position. I mean, I could be wrong on this, but just the optics here. Republicans, of course, hate women. Is is one of the the narratives? Conservatives hate women and want them. They say, oh, we want them barefoot and pregnant in the kitchen, right? That's kind of one of the arguments that you'll you'll hear out there, which is complete nonsense and gibberish. That is not the way. I mean, there, certainly you'll find people on the fringes who might say silly things like that and believe it. But that is not, of course, conservatism at all, not even remotely close. But there are there – are, the Republican Party – is is dealing with the, its direction. How are we going to prepare for getting through these next couple of years, right, when there is just issue after issue that we have to be prepared and hope and pray that we can defeat in the House and in the Senate? I mean, they've got them lined up, folks. It is, it is going to be coming full speed ahead. These issues are going to be coming right at you, right at me. Head on, constantly, consistently, one thing after another. And by the way, all these issues, all these issues the radical left is tremendously wrong about, they're going to be forcing those issues or trying to, forcing those things into bills and trying to ramrod those things down the throats of the American public. From the For the People Act to AOC's what does she call those? The uh, she's she's got a group that she's wanting to have basically uh, climate core, like basically a group of people out there fighting climate change. Federal jobs, fifteen dollars an hour, of course, at least out there. That's their full time gig, kind of like the Peace Corps, but they're out there fighting the climate. We, I mean, we, the taxes. Uh, border what's going on with the border and immigration and you look at the wake of what these ideas do these policies do it is utter devastation it is complete devastation from uh the the what's happening with unemployment now and how 
we have a huge demand. Employers are trying to hire people, but they can't because people, in spite of what Jen Psaki says, having zero understanding of basic human nature and of uh, economics, she fully rejects the idea that, and so does Biden himself, that extended unemployment benefits have anything to do with people not wanting to take full-time work. And, and, you know, we have people who don't, some people can't even get people to come in to interview. Some businesses post jobs and no one will even interview for them. A lot of restaurants are facing, are facing this issue. In fact, I won't have time to talk about this, but there's also a, um, an economist who suggested instead of, uh, with, with folks who are on unemployment, if they get a job, give them half of what they would have gotten in unemployment as, as a go-back-to-work bonus, which on the one hand sounds crazy, but on the other hand, when you compare it against people sitting there and not working, not filling these jobs, and not getting back to work, it's not necessarily the dumbest thing in the world because we've got, we see what's the trajectory here with people taking advantage, and I'm not supporting the idea. I'm just simply saying... It would save us half of unemployment claims. Anyway, so we got all this going on. We got the direction of the leadership of the Republican Party. And Liz Cheney uh, wants to continue to, to fight Trump head on and, and to talk about these things that Republicans just – it's not in the best is, interest of dealing with the issues at hand. It is, it is a distraction, um, and, and, it's, and it's causing difficulty or just – you know conditions that Republicans uh, don't want to see in front of them between now and 2022 as they fight the issues that are going to be coming up and prepare for a midterm election. So all that said, timeouts in order. I am long in this segment here. But I want to play a bit of Liz Cheney's speech last night. The vote will be today. And I also want to play uh, a bit of Trump's speech from January 6th, which, of course, she references – um, in her in her speech last night, I just want to talk through this a little bit and kind of uh, share what's what's going on and where I think this is ending up and so forth and what this is about, what's kind of at stake. So, timeout is in order. Really long in this segment. Sit tight. You're listening to Conservative, Not Better Talk. I'm your host Todd Huff. Back here in just a minute. Brought to you in part by our friends at Smalling Masonry. Smalling Mason, uh, Masonry. They came out, Gary came out and cleaned our chimney last last fall, I think it was, or maybe early, right before the, uh, the heating season really kicked in. Did a great job, and as I've shared on here before, he actually even taught us how to use our older wood-burning unit more efficiently and actually really made a big difference as we heated the house this summer with or this summer last winter with uh with the wood burner made a big difference um they serve as chimney fireplaces venting and they provide masonry needs family owned business right here in central indiana visit them Online, beachgrovemasonry.com, beachgrovemasonry.com, or call them 317 903 
812-317-9038121. Be sure to tell them that Todd sent you. So I want to now get to this um, this speech last night, this speech last night that Liz Cheney made from the House floor. Liz Cheney talking about um, her reasons or rationale and uh, for effectively having, um, I guess, problems with what Trump is is out there is out there saying. She is talking about how Trump caused the insurrection, how Trump um, is effectively leading this nation the wrong direction. And she wants to, I mean, she wants to take, uh, she wants to take this and seize basically on her leadership, well, that she currently has, that is um, in her, well, that she currently has the position of power. She wants to use the, that position of leadership to take to take the party in one direction, to, to fight Trump on some of these things. She thinks she's fighting for our democracy. She thinks that this is a necessary step. I'm reminded of Megan McCain. You're Megan McCain here recently. I didn't play it, but she said that support for Trump, I'm going to paraphrase, Support for Trump is um, basically the church of Trump worshiping Cheeto Jesus or some such thing. It's it's just remarkable to me. And I, look, I know some people, you know, maybe put too much stake into this idea. I've, I've said before, I, I don't need a I don't need a savior. That I need a savior. It's just not a political savior. I've got a savior named Jesus. And this is this is not. The role, not the role of of a leader, but but again, this is what some of some of these folks are out there saying and thinking. And so, anyway, there's there's this fight, right? There's this fight that's happening here in um, in Republican leadership. And so, this is Liz Cheney. I'm going to play a minute of this, even though Oz has just alerted me. It's time to take another timeout, but. This is Liz Cheney last night on the House floor, and this, of course, is what um, you know precedes the vote today, which is uh, to pres- uh, presumably to remove her from office. So here she is speaking last night. I want to play just a bit of this, and she's going to say something here that's going to make me play another soundbite from Trump. But just listen to what she has to say from the House floor last night has resumed his aggressive effort to convince Americans that the election was stolen from him. He risks inciting further violence. Millions of Americans have been misled by the former president. They have heard only his words, but not the truth, as he continues to undermine our democratic process, sowing seeds of doubt about whether democracy really works at all. I am a conservative Republican, And the most conservative of conservative principles is reverence for the rule of law. The Electoral College has voted. More than 60 state and federal courts 
including multiple judges the former president appointed, have rejected his claims. The Trump Department of Justice investigated the former president's claims of widespread fraud and found no evidence to support them. The election is over. That is the rule of law. That is our constitutional process. Those who refuse to accept the rulings of our courts are at war with the Constitution. Our duty is clear. Every one of us who has sworn the oath must act to prevent the unraveling of our democracy. This is not about policy. This is not about partisanship. This is about our duty as Americans. Remaining silent and ignoring the lie emboldens the liar. I will not participate in that. I will not sit back and watch in silence while others lead our party down a path that abandons the rule of law and joins the former president's crusade to undermine our democracy. As the party of Reagan, Republicans have championed democracy, won the Cold War, and defeated the Soviet communists. Today, America is on the cusp of another Cold War, this time with communist China. Attacks against our democratic process and the rule of law empower our adversaries and feed communist propaganda that American democracy is a failure. We must speak the truth. Our election was not stolen, and America has not failed. I received a message last week. I'm going to stop it there because i got to take a timeout. She continues for another couple of, well, about another minute or so. I just wanted to play a snippet of it. This is about a six-minute speech, and she's, um, we, we played maybe, I don't know, a minute and a half or so of that. So anyway, that's, a little, that's what she said, a little bit of what she said last night um, leading up to this vote today to remove her from a position of House leadership. So I want to talk a little bit about what she said, and I want to also play a soundbite from, again, from Trump's speech on January 6th that is routinely mis- misquoted. I don't know how it could be any clearer than what he said on January 6th. But, of course, she was one of the 10 Republicans who voted to impeach President Trump the second time. Um, and this this divide runs deep. You know, people like Liz Cheney, and I, you know, I don't, she votes conservatively a lot of times, but um, that that rift between the Trump side of the Republican Party and the establishment side, which I would say she's also uh, a part of. I mean, she's she's a Cheney. Whatever you think of the Cheneys, she is she's a Cheney, um, Cheney Bush, right? I mean, this is, but there's a rift there. There's a rift there between the Bushes and Trump, the establishment types, and Trump. These individuals who are going to sign. Apparently, they haven't signed it yet. This letter basically saying that it's time for the Republicans uh, to retake leadership positions or control the Republican Party from the Trumpers and so forth. And anyway, a lot of a lot of fallout from this and, and there's, you know, jockeying for control. And this is also about twenty twenty two. This is also about twenty twenty four. It's preparing us for for what might be coming if Trump decides to run again. All sorts of things happening here, but I got to take a time out. Thank you, Oz, for reminding me. Sit tight. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back here in just just a minute. 
know, I didn't, um, something else she said just prior to, <clears throat> she, Liz Cheney, said just prior to when I picked up the clip, um, I intended to play this, but I'll play it here. It's only about 10 seconds. This is how she, she's about halfway into her speech, and the first half of her speech was talking about all the, the, the battles that America has had against, you know, communist regimes or uh, regimes that are uh, steeped in lies and um, government control and anti-constitutional sort of behavior. And she says, she says this kind of as a segue to begin her, I guess, attack on President Trump. Today, we face a threat America has never seen before. A former president who provoked a violent attack on this Capitol in an effort to steal the election has resumed his aggressive effort to convince Americans that the election was stolen from him. There you go. So that's that's really, I guess you would say, the heart of her of her beef with President Trump. So since she's talking about inciting a riot in the very building from where she was speaking. I want to go back. President Trump, January 6th in Washington, D.C., the day that Republican representatives and senators were prepared to challenge electors because the states, there were some things that happened in the states that we still don't have answers to, by the way. In fact, I mean, a little known, well, it's it's not that it's little known, it's a little reported on um, situation in the state of Arizona. They're auditing even though Democrats are fighting tooth and nail for this, uh, for this, against this happening, but they're auditing the votes uh, from the 2020 election. Why? Why are they doing that? Why? Well, I guess Liz Cheney would say because uh, people are uh, being misled by the president, and so they're trying to they're trying to further the lie and keep the lie alive. But. Ha- how do we even know? How does anyone know what's a lie? Most of these cases that, that Liz Cheney referenced, the vast majority of these cases were thrown out because of standing. They weren't the courts didn't investigate all these. Think of how quickly this all happened. Courts didn't get this and dig into this. Folks, whatever you think about the integrity of the election, there were certainly, without any question whatsoever, There are problems. There are problems in fairness every single election. Remember back in 2016, Democrats demanded that you said Trump stole the election back then. Now, if you even raise a question, you are flagged. If you're watching this on YouTube, I don't know, this might get taken down simply for me saying that. And what I said is factually true. There are demonstrable problems that we saw in the 2020 election. Now... Is it enough to overturn? I mean, people listening to my Republicans largely think so. It's something like three quarters or close to 70, some sort of 70 to three quarter, uh, 70 to 75% of Republicans think that the election was, was stolen and rigged. And why do they think that? You're not allowed to even talk about it. You're not allowed to even ask about it. They just want you to accept it. You can't ask a question. I mean, that's not how you instill confidence. Let's just say for kicks and giggles here that this there was no problem whatsoever. Is this how you would handle that? 
is that is this really the best way? Is this the behavior, the way that the way that there's uniformity? If you say the wrong thing, canceled, shut down, punished, Facebook jail, whatever. I'm not even saying promoting great conspiracies or something. I'm just simply saying by asking or by making the statement that there are problems. There were problems. We've seen them. I have seen them. You have seen them. There are problems that happened in various states. There are questions that need to be answered, and we're not even allowed to ask them. But really quickly, and i got to take a break again, Trump, January 6th in Washington, D.C. This is what caused the insurrection, this speech. I don't want you to listen to his words. You've heard this before. But again, this is what they just want to gloss over, they being the likes of Liz Cheney. They want you to gloss over what Trump says here. We have come to demand that Congress do the right thing and only count the electors who have been lawfully slated, lawfully slated. I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. Today, we will see whether Republicans stand strong for integrity. Yeah, peacefully and patriotically, right? Going to march over there and peacefully and patriotically make sure that uh, that the right votes are, are countered. The, the ones that we have questions about are at least flagged and we have a debate about it. By saying that, that causes an insurrection, says Liz Cheney. And by, not, and by having questions, it's so absurd to me. A, a court rules a certain way, and if, you, and if you have questions about the ruling, you're uh, assaulting, you are at war with the Constitution. That's what Liz Cheney says. Well, President Trump was president during all this. By the same logic, if you disagreed with the president, were you at war with the Constitution? It is so ridiculous and absurd. Let's just ha- be able to have the discussion. Re- you would think it is in the it's in the government's best interest. It is in our quote democracies. Of course, we're a constitutional republic, but our democracy's best interest to make sure that its citizens believe have confidence in the authenticity of of elections. And by the way, you don't get that by HR1 either. You make you basically make all states have to adopt policies that cause a lot of these problems and questions to arise to begin with. Accepting votes up to 10 mandatory to accept votes 10 days after the election, all kinds of crazy stuff. That's that's tucked away in H.R. 1. And if you don't support it, you're in favor of voter suppression. This is how the Democrats and the media and the radical left work. You're not allowed to have a fair conversation and debate. They want to stack, you know, define the terms. They want to decide what you are labeled as, and you can't ask questions or, you know, raise concerns of your own because they'll say that you're undermining. This is this is how you silence people. This is how President Trump calling the media, for example, fake news is not how you silence people. That's how you expose people. What they're doing here is how you silence people. Quick timeout. Back in a minute. back my friends so really quickly and i don't have a lot of time here but with all that that's going on with with liz cheney and 
leadership and direction and Trump and stop the steal or whatever, whatever these phrases, terms, hashtags, all this stuff. Maricopa County, Arizona, listen to this. This is from... Um, this is from someone who has been studying the numbers of this, uh, well, of, of the election results in Maricopa County in Arizona. So after about <clears throat> an hour or so after the polls closed, there were two massive vote dumps in Maricopa County. One totaled 625,000 votes. The other totaled about 1.5 million votes. And those vote totals, that the total number of votes that were in those two vote dumps contained 9,000 more votes than possible for the entire election in Maricopa County. And this is, in, this is data that's available in Edison Research. On top of that, on top of that, Biden's total for those two vote dumps was 1.16 million, or about 120,000 votes greater than reported for him in the final results. So, what is going on? Maybe there's answers to this. I don't know what they would be, but why can't we ask the questions? Why can't we ask the questions? Anyway, got to take a break. Back here in just a minute. back so if you're listening to this on youtube or facebook it's probably a great day a great time to go download our podcast because i mean i imagine just by asking the questions i asked today i didn't say anything was stolen i just asked questions questions that deserve to be answered questions that we should at least be able to ask about the 2020 election results but might be a good time to download the podcast because uh, they might take us down. Just go to Apple Podcasts or wherever you get podcasts. Search the Todd Hef Show. I got to go. SDGC tomorrow. Take care. As a 